Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome on in. It's Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, We'll start off. we got a lot to get to today's show. Mario Barrios is going to join the program later on today. He is fighting Gervonta Davis. Coming up on June 26th, that is uh, my anniversary uh, to my lovely wife, Diana. So I I would venture to guess it's going to be tough for me to watch this upcoming fight. I won't tell him that in the interview, but uh, we will talk to Mario as he is defending his uh, version of the WBA title up against Gervonta. And uh, speaking of title defenses, we had a couple of them last night in the UFC, UFC 263. And uh, this is a fun week for us, man. We had Dana White on the morning show this week, which was a, uh, a first for me. I've only gotten to interview Dana in a press conference setting once, and I got the opportunity. Shout out to uh, to uh, the, the the folks at ESPN for hooking it up with the uh, the opportunity there, and uh, and le- letting it happen. So we got a chance to talk to Dana. Got even to do it via Zoom. Me and Leroy got a chance to work at the look at the war room and all that type of stuff, and. Uh, it was cool, man. And, you know, he said, uh, I, I asked him about Israel Adesanya. We'll start off with the uh, the main event, even though I, I think it probably ended up being the least interesting of the top three. Um, Israel Adesanya against Marvin Vittori. Bad blood going through between these. These guys do not like each other. Um, you know, both of them prone to conflict with a lot of their opponents a lot. And... You know, you knew it was going to end up being some kind of shenanigans in the lead up to this, and Vittori ends up getting pulled away from the press conference this week. And Adesanya, you know, was was going in on him from uh, from 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 jump, and and then really uh, upsetting Vittori. But you know, it just looked like just different different classes of guys as soon as it happened, and. You know, I said this last week when talking about this fight. I, I just have loved the way that that Izzy has responded to a lot of his flatter performances. He obviously doesn't have losses to bounce back from a lot, but you know, whenever he's he's put up forth uh, kind of a stinker, he seems like he's really come back with a flair. And this one, I mean, those first two rounds from him were just so masterful. It was he uh, really just he was. Uh, you know, watching him go out there and kick, it's like his it's like his legs or arms. That's just that's what it's like watching him go out there and, and pick somebody like Vittoria apart. And Vittori is just a guy who's just picture perfect made for him because he's an aggressive guy, but he's not 
anywhere near the skilled striker that is he is so he's gonna keep coming forward and it just looks like as he has it figured out right off the bat I think though um I, I do think it probably went from being what could have been probably a, I think a masterful performance from Izzy and I'm not here to nitpick a guy who goes and shuts him out like it is what it is uh, but I almost felt like he was there was a moment where he got that uh where Vittori ends up getting the takedown in the in early in the third round uh and there's like four minutes left and Izzy pops up like Ne- you know, nearly instantaneously. I think that was the moment where it was over, over for Vittori. Like, he just, he didn't have anything for him. He kept trying the thing where he's getting pressed up against the Ks. Izzy would, Izzy would elbow him, and he just didn't have the explosiveness, didn't have the next gear to go to. You know, they were talking that he looked bigger. You know, maybe that was a detriment to him in some way because he just looks slow. And a lot of guys will look slow next to Adesanya, but I think that, uh, I think that in this one, it just seemed like once once that third round happened and Izzy wasn't being held down because there was really only a couple of moments, you know, maybe Vittori looked like he was going to get a rear naked choke in a second. He reversed that, got mount, started, uh, you know, hitting with a couple with uh, with a couple of shots from up top. Just wasn't a position that he could find himself in that he was successful with. So um, Adesanya puts forth a, a really great performance, puts the stink of the uh, the Jan Blahovich loss going to 205 and attempted to be a dual uh weight class champion he comes back home to middleweight and puts forth a a, a really good performance i mean i think like i said i think if there's a critique i don't even know if you want to call it that it's just that yeah i think that he was i think he had vittori so mentally beat um you know maybe he could have risked a little bit more in, in coming forward and he's but he just seems so content uh, hitting from the outside, just butchering up that leg, you know, hitting him with head kicks every now and then, but not really unleashing the the entire kitchen sink on him. Um, you know, just a, just a great performance from Stabender. I the, the the idea that that Vittori came up to him afterwards and said that he uh he won. I mean, if that, that, that I hope that's just a hilarious joke from Vittori because I don't know how you think you could win that fight. Your own coach is there shouting at you every single you know you've gone for 20 minutes you haven't won the championship you got five minutes here so I don't know what Vittori could possibly think in his head that he was winning that fight other than I was coming forward I guess I don't know um but you know it's funny thing too because like I, I can find I find Adesanya sometimes kind of corny with some of his uh his trash talk like some of it just feels forced He's a massive, but he's like, he's, he's super entertaining to watch in the cage. So that kind of like eradicates a lot of that stuff. But I mean, if you want to talk about a dude who's unlikable, I mean, Vittori is just like (sighs) the sourest of sour pusses. So I just, uh, I was not dissatisfied watching that guy go down, but also not surprising to learn from Izzy that he was claiming victory after that performance. That's something. That's something. But I, I think Izzy does that to guys. I think he frustrates them because a lot of people hate him because he's got a big mouth and uh, and he talks a lot of trash. But they go in there, and we've seen this Paulo Costa, and now we've seen this with Vittorio where they've talked so much smack to him, and they've just looked inept of doing anything against him. And it's, uh, you know, I think, I think there's a little of them needing to be humbled and a little bit of them being embarrassed by it. 
But either way, uh, the champ uh, gets it done, calls out Robert Whitaker afterwards, who I honestly thought deserved this shot before uh, before Vittori. Uh, you know, I know Robert's got some sometimes some health stuff comes up. I know Australia is a tough one for timing wise because guys who fight in Australia or hey, if you had to leave Australia, they got to do quarantine all that so it's very tough on their families we've heard that from uh you know george cambosis talking to him uh with this whole thriller thing that's going down and the title fight next week but um he did call him out they want to do he wants to do it in new zealand i think new zealand is like completely all the way back but um yeah great performance from uh from israel adesanya in uh in that victory but listen even though izzy uh did work against Robert Whitaker, when he won the belt, it was a it was a, a an unbelievable championship performance from him to become uh, to become middleweight champ. Roberts looked really really good in the in the performances since it was a couple of years ago, and uh, and he looks he's looked absolutely fantastic in each one of those performances since. So uh, to me, he's a guy I think that's just got a little bit more in the toolbox. If if somebody's going to come and take on Izzy. They need a lot of dimensions. He's a guy who I think brings that. He's obviously super tough. He's been through some tough injuries mid-fight. Um, we'll go through the fire a little bit more. I think you need to be willing to do that against Adesanya if, if you're going to beat him, and you're not going to be a guy who obviously can uh, can muscle him up the way that uh, a, a Jan Blahovich can. And it's it's I think after watching this and you see that some of the things that he that Marvin tried to do that that Jan had success with I think you could see that um unless there's just that vast difference they're not gonna do that and and Whitaker's not gonna go try and win a fight like that anyway so he's gonna have to try and outstrike him uh he does have some versatility that that helps him there um I'm intrigued by that fight I'm not ready to pick it yet but uh but I'm still I'm still interested in a rematch for sure with uh with that one and I think you know we've like I've said we've seen as he have some seesaw performances like it's not like he always brings the A game in the cage every single time in there. But this certainly I think was, uh, was one of them. He just, um, you know, he just had a, he had a dance partner that I think was mentally defeated by round three. And I think that he had kind of proven his point by that time. I think he knew it. Um, but the moment of the night, I mean, listen, the, 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 the moment tonight belongs to Brandon Moreno. I mean, like that was, that was everything tonight. It's, there's few things that you love more in this sport as a guy you know who loves mixed martial arts and, and you know just loves all combat sports there's nothing like the guy who wins his first championship that that climb and getting to the absolute top it's my favorite thing in all of the sports because i think a lot of the times these guys get uh a little bit jaded to defending titles. you know the all-time greats you know some of them are just like always appreciative like the Valentina Shevchenko and you always feel happy for her or um I just really appreciative but like you know some guys get just tired of like asking oh who am I gonna do this time who am I gonna do this time you know um that first title win is just like as a, as a fan it's it's as cool as it gets you know you think to like Kamar Usman winning his championship after a long climb and and just others who have had that opportunity to, to go to uh, to the top after um, a lot of struggles or, or maybe guys not believing in him or the company not backing him. It's just such a cool moment. But I don't know if I've ever it, – it's tough coming to one. Uh, you know, I guess Rose winning her belt back, she was pretty emotional. But I was in the building for that. I didn't see it on television. Sometimes that's um, 
not as easy to gauge when you're there. This Brandon Moreno victory over David Zafigajeda, first of all, just absolute domination in every facet of the game. You know, like he knocked him down in the first round. Uh, it was funny, but, you know, one of the things I was wondering about is uh, it was such a good round for him because he was dominating the striking, and then he knocked him down. And I was wondering to myself, like, what is a guy – in uh in in MMA have to do to get a 10 8 in striking like other than just absolutely butcher a guy and bloody them and basically go them to the point where they almost should have been knocked out but the fight wasn't stopped um but when you beat a guy like that and you you get the the first punch on him the entire round and then you put him on the canvas i was like man this should almost be a 10 8 round with how much that was lopsided um the second the the second round, you know, Davidson is 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 trying something new. He he goes and, and gets a takedown, but it's not really doing much with it. And it ends up with Moreno, you know, he ends up finishing this round on top and it was getting, you know, a bunch of strikes going and you know, it looked like he takes that round too. You know, after after and I'm sure at that point Figueiredo had just had to be absolutely flummoxed with what was going on because, you know, it's just it's not going his way. And it looks like everything Moreno's doing, he's either a step ahead of him, is a, is just is perfectly drilled to get out of any situation, um, and then he ends up getting the submission win to a guy who is a dangerous submission artist in himself, and just is like you could just see on on Moreno's face like it just doesn't hit him immediately that he is the champion of the world because I don't know if maybe he thought I don't know if it was just too perfect like maybe he pictured winning it in a, a in a war or maybe he pictured winning it by knockout but it's like it, it almost like feel like he he couldn't even comprehend what had just happened with uh with how he went and and, and beat david and just the emotion that he had uh you know the first mexican born champion in ufc history and you know it's in arizona big you know ton of mexican flags are flying in the midst of the crowd he's crying his wife brings in the baby the baby's got the headphones on he's weeping he's talking about how he was cut from the ufc it, it, it's just it's just what it's what makes you love the sport and you think about this division which was you know on the verge of extinction everybody was wondering you know it was like almost a running joke with dana white like when are you going to get rid of the flyweights and you're thinking about a guy like Devinson Figueiredo who turned himself into basically fighter of the year with uh, with how he burst onto the scene. And now you see a moment like this with Brandon Moreno. Um, this has been an unbelievable division, an unbelievable division for a, for for what is craziness, like since losing maybe the guy who's the best to ever fight in it in, in, in mighty mouse Johnson. It's almost one of those things where you almost wish that they would bring him back now because, you know, now it's like it's revitalized and now, okay, let's bring the goat back from one championship and let's see what's what with that. But, you know, with these two, I mean, I wouldn't even mind. You got a draw, you got a, a, a great one from Brandon, um, you know, maybe they go about it and they, and they do themselves a, uh, a trilogy who knows, but that moment right there, I don't know if anything's ever going to top that for Brandon Moreno in his career, because he just, the, 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 the emotion, the rawness, the realness of all of that stuff. It's tough to replicate that man.
it was uh it was absolutely it was an absolutely beautiful beautiful moment from from uh from brandon moreno really really cool we'll take a quick break here on the show we come back we'll talk a little bit about leon edwards getting a win over nate diaz what does this mean for the welterweight division and uh and other things that went down in the fight game this week we'll take a quick break we're back after this Welcome back, everybody. It is Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. We roll on here with a little UFC 263 recap. Last night, you had uh, Nate Diaz in a matchup up against Leon Edwards, which I would probably say, I mean, honestly, if the biggest draw of this thing, it had a top three that you didn't think it was going to miss because you had a fight of the year candidate as the co-main event. You had a pretty big beef and an entertaining champion, Israel Adesanya, in the main event, but I think most people were intrigued because the return of Nate Diaz is he's a big deal, man. People love watching Nate fight. He is uh, he makes people care every time that he's in there. And he was taking on a guy in Leon Edwards who's looking for any level of respect that the guy can get. You know, the guy is just looking to cement himself as a name in the UFC with an incredible resume that he has an incredible win streak that he has. But, you know, it's just had this horrible luck between the pandemic, between the Bilal Muhammad fight, which was a late replacement fight anyway. And he just he can't seem to catch a break. And I would say that tonight it almost happened to him again, which sounds crazy in a, in a night where he absolutely, absolutely dominated. But the problem is he did it against the wrong guy and had the wrong moment in the last round which is all anybody's going to talk about because Nate Diaz's fan base and the Diaz brothers fan base. It's a love. Like I, there's nothing I, I don't, it's hard to contemplate. It's like, it's not even a, it's hard to explain the love that the people who love the Diaz brothers. I mean, love, love the Diaz brothers. I think everybody enjoys them and enjoys their antics, but I'm talking about, the, the the people who ride and die for the for the Diaz brothers, it's like a cult, because the Diaz brothers have such a beautiful way of explaining what fighting means to them, and how everything goes uh, in the sport, and how they they what the code is of the sport, and you also even just think about the way they go about things, and how a lot of the premonitions and a lot of the things that they believe in are things that things that are you know is kind of the mainstream of what fighters say today. You think obviously about you know the the marijuana use that is uh, so prevalent today. There's CBD companies all over the place uh, in mixed martial arts and the UFC, and this was stuff that they were just maligned for. So it's almost got like it's it, it's warranted, you know. It's like it's it's like a cult, but it's a it's a warranted cult in a lot of ways. And if you're Leon Edwards, one of the codes is like, well, who's left there standing afterwards? And, and who's holding on for dear life at the end of a fight? You know, a fight is not just a, a fight that is scored. A fight is a, is a fight. And who is the guy that, that looks uh, like they're coming out on top by the end of it? And so Leon Edwards is just dominating this bout, man. He is going out there and he's butchering Nate Diaz's legs. He's hitting him with nasty elbows. Of course, Nate Diaz got cut up and has the crimson face. It's a staple now of the Nate Diaz fight. He's doing the antics. He's going almost even full Nick Diaz with some of the things we're doing where he's showing his ass to Leon Edwards. Uh, he's trying to, like, goad him over. Like, he's using big brother tactics to try and get 
Leon to do anything. And you're just like, ah, this stuff's not going to work. And I'm actually, it's funny because you think about the narrative of things as they're happening and you're thinking to yourself like, man, this Nate Diaz, why do we care so much about watching this guy? Fight? Because first four rounds, you think to yourself, why do we care about watching this guy fight? You know, he, you know, I've now watched this guy lose basically seven straight rounds and getting beat in his own game to Jorge Masvidal and to Leon Edwards. Why do we care about this guy? You know, look at him. He's showing his ass to Leon Edwards. What is the, what is the beauty of this? What is, what is the meaning of all this when it comes to Nate Diaz? Why is this guy so beloved? And you get to that fifth round and he hits you with a Stockton slap with his right and a straight left and puts you on wobbly street. And then all of a sudden you're just like, oh my God, he may finish him off and he may pull this thing off and get himself a last minute win over the number three guy in the world. And that is it in a nutshell when it comes to him is because you think to yourself all these times, you're like, what is the big deal about this guy? Why does he do the things that he does? And then he pulls off something like that, which makes you forget everything that Leon Edwards did uh, in the first four rounds of that fight. And if Leon did that, and this is the thing with him where he's got a bit of a cursed living right now, because if he did that against any other fighter on the roster, it could be anybody else. Pick him. Could be Masvidal. Could be Tony Ferguson, could be, you know, Colby Covington, Robbie Lawler. Pick somebody in the welterweight division that you want him to go fight. And if he puts fourth four rounds like that on his resume to his one mess up, if it's against anybody else other than Nate Diaz, he is gold. And he's going to probably be fighting for gold. Unfortunately, all anybody is going to be talking about this week and that and the talk of this fight card are going to be two things. Brandon Moreno being the champion and how emotional it was. And did you guys see Nate Diaz's Stockton slap left hand where he hits him with the boom, boom, and almost won the fight. And that's crazy. That's crazy thing. And that's, that, that's, I'm telling there is nobody who has the type of bad luck like this Leon Edwards does. It's, it's crazy to me. And so he's going to have to go and campaign and, Talk about all the great rounds he has, and I'm sure he's going to have a couple of people in the media who are going to go in there and say, hey, well, what about the four rounds? That he's done? It's like, yeah, but he's number three in the world, and he was taking on an unranked guy who hadn't fought in two years, and that guy is awesome, and I love seeing him do his antics, and his antics worked and nearly cost him the fight. And it's, it, you, you wish it wasn't that way. Like, you wish that you could just sit here and, and sit with the beauty of it and be like, Ah, come on, man! Give Leon a break. He got a, uh, he 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 was steamrolling. You know, he hit him with the vicious elbow. He gushed him open. He was, you know, he dominated the takedown game. He nearly submitted Nate Diaz. He literally dominated every single facet of the fight, every single type of place the fight could have gone. He was the better man, except for that little one-two, and the one was a slap. Which is crazy. How do you get stocked and slapped and literally into a left hand? How does that happen, Leon? You were you had this, you were right there, baby. So it you know, it, I Nate Diaz is gonna continue to have his following. He's gonna get you know, whatever the next fight is for him. Maybe it's a Masvidal rematch, maybe it's who knows, who knows where he decide. Maybe it's Connor after the Dustin fight. Um you know, I'm trying to see like it welterweight who truly makes sense for him. I don't know. 
I don't know, but I know this. He's a badass, and uh, and people love people love the guy, man. His the 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 type of love they have for him is uh, is next level. So he definitely gets a, a big uh, a big hat tip for the night. Leon, look, is he gonna lose his uh, his chance here now to to Colby Covington? I would say probably so. I would say probably so. I would say Leon is in a tough spot right now. I would say that, you know, maybe him versus Gilbert again. Like, you know, because look, he was, it is, it is, it, he has a great streak going as far as like, he has not lost a fight now since 2015. One, two, he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He's uh, nine wins in a you know basically nine wins in a row with a no contest in there from eye poking uh, Bilal Muhammad, and you know has some good names on his resume. He has uh, Vicente Luque, he has Donald Cerrone, Gunnar Nelson, Rafael dos Anjos, and now Nate Diaz. But you know, tell me how many of those moments you remember from this from this run. It's, uh, you know, so I do think it's going to be, I, I do think there's going to be some, some pushback on people. And I do think that, you know, the Colby versus Kamaro thing is a grudge match. So I think that's always going to sell and, you know, Kamaro versus Leon is a rematch, but nobody really remembers it. It was so long, long ago. Um, so you almost feel like for him, it, it's not that he has to go earn his title shot, but I think if you're the UFC and you're like, okay, we have grudge match probably great box office material between Colby and Kamal right here or we have Kamal versus Leon a guy that you know oh isn't he the guy that nearly lost to Nate Diaz who's not ranked and hasn't fought in two years so it's a tough one man and I would say I would venture to guess that Colby probably just swooped in there and got that title shot Bilal Muhammad speaking of which his fight against Damian Maia very forgettable no worries there and then uh, the other big thing of the night was uh, was Paul Craig against uh, Jamal Hill, where he uh, he broke his arm or dislocated his arm. His arm was literally like flapping, and it was really gross. The referee missed one, um, and I wanted to vomit. It was like it was a horrible way to start off the uh, to start off the pay per view. Seeing what Paul Craig did to to Hill's arm there, it was. <sighs> Just, uh, just, just really, really brutal to watch. Um, but nonetheless, still a great performance for him. So that's not his problem. I do want to mention here um, a little bit about Clarissa Shields. So Clarissa Shields made her debut, her mixed martial arts debut this week uh, for PFL and ended up getting a TKO in round three. And I got to just say, uh, what an addition it is for Clarissa Shields to uh, to professional mixed martial arts. First of all, you know it's such an odd thing, and I was thinking about this with uh, with her and her move over. Is she's been, you know, I, I remember going to a media day one day with Clarissa Shields, and she just had such great ideas, you know. And you think, and I was listening to her manager, and I think it was her publicist. And, you know, they're just kind of just, you know, eye rolling her almost like, oh, well, you know, people in boxing aren't going to buy this. And just like you have such a groundbreaking star here. Why aren't you listening to her ideas? Why are you not trying everything possible outside the box that she's trying to get attention and to get the mainstream eyes on her? Because she is uh, always 
in engaged in fight talk every single night. She's a huge fight fan. She was great for the sport of boxing. Just felt like she went underappreciated. You think about the greatness that she has from an Olympic standpoint, from the titles that she got, and she looks at the UFC and and you see women like Amanda Nunes and you see women like Valentina Shevchenko. You saw the heights of Ronda Rousey. You see Rose Nami Yunus. And then you look at Kayla Harrison, what she's doing at PFL. And then you got to think to yourself, like, well, why is that sport? Why are these women being treated so specially? Paige Van Zandt getting big, big stages and all that type of stuff. Then me, a woman who did something faster at an age than Vasily Lomachenko did or in fewer fights than Vasily Lomachenko did. Why? Why? Why am I not getting treated the same way? And I just found it kind of an interesting thing because, you know, we have all these male fighters who are sitting here from mixed martial arts and complaining that they aren't treated the way boxers are on, you know, in their own sport. So they look at their peers in boxing and they think, oh, it's the, the, the grass is greener on the boxing side. And I kind of get it from the men's side. Uh, in that, you know, there are a, a very small amount of boxers who make crazy, crazy money, probably for fights that they shouldn't be making crazy money for. S- yet, there are also a lot of boxers who make dirt money and some UFC fighters who are making a more decent living. So it's it's a give and take. And, and I get it. The economics of the sport are just way different. Like a card like tonight is going to be more stacked. In boxing, you're not going to get a card like this where you have two title fights, uh, Nate Diaz on the card, all kind of splitting the pie up of uh, what they're willing to spend on on a fight night. So it's just it's different economics of the sport. But I just think it's interesting from a philosophy standpoint of you have the greatest female boxer on the planet right now looking at her sport and saying, I can only go so far and I need to go to mixed martial arts because at least there I have a fighting chance of becoming a star. And I just thought that she just owned the night, man. I thought that she owned the night. And it wasn't a perfect performance, um, but it was almost better that it went that way. Like, we saw that Clarissa Shields, she went in there with somebody who had a dicey record of 3-6, and six, but was a, uh, a jiu-jitsu brown belt, so was going to get taken down or was going to get attempted to get taken down. And she went through two rounds where she was on her back and she was dealing with adversity, wasn't really getting beat up, but was definitely losing, was not winning the fight. And she ends up coming like a bat out of hell in that third round. Her her hands look lightning quick. Her power looks like it translates more in mixed martial arts. She ground and pounded her opponent, and she owned the interview like an absolute like an absolute star. And I just thought it was it was so great that she's gonna get this opportunity to go over to mixed martial arts. And this this stardom is going to be actually utilized for something. Because tell me that everybody's not going to be hyped to see her next mixed martial arts fight. Whereas if it was in boxing, you know, we're, we're going to circle the drain here with like a, a Katie Taylor or whatever the hell the next fight is. And it's like, you know, in, 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 in PFL or wherever she's going to end up her career, you're just going to be excited to watch her fight and watch this journey and see how... She goes, we're all fascinated by the crossover star. We're seeing this now in uh, the celebrity YouTube age. But this woman is legitimately was the best at her sport. 
and is now trying to bring that over to another discipline. So shout out to Clarissa Shields. I thought it was an awesome, awesome performance from her this past week. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit about what's coming up next week at Marlins Park, Lone Depot Park, excuse me, Tiafima Lopez, George Ferocious Cambosis. Plus, we will talk to the man who is going to be fighting Gervonta Davis, defending his version of the WBA title, Mario Barrios. He is going to join the show as well. We're back after this. All right, three, two, one. Welcome back, everybody. Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. And very excited. We got a good guest coming up here. Mario Barrios is going to be joining the program in just a bit. He is fighting Javante Davis on June 26th on Showtime. I just started watching The uh, the Kings, by the way. You know, we had Al Bernstein on the show. I just watched uh, part one of that. Really enjoying it. Really enjoying it. I'll get my full review because I got to finish it up this week. But uh, I, I, you know, from from part one, I can recommend it. I've uh, I've enjoyed watching what is uh, what has been uh, put forth at me uh, right now. Next week, very excited. Uh, we have Teofimo Lopez defending his undisputed championship up against George Ferocious Cambosis. If you guys did not see it this week, I'm not putting it on this podcast, but I will. Uh, divert you over to uh, my morning show podcast Tobin and Leroy we had the opportunity to have Teofimo and George on together which I was it was a little bit weary uh, of the idea I was like wary of the idea where I was uh, talking to my guy Peter Kahn who is the chief boxing officer at Triller he's like it's gonna be great just trust me it's gonna be great and uh, I was like all right we'll see how this goes and it was great I think they both ended up uh they both ended up uh, coming off really, really great in the interview. I think that Tiafimo definitely started off cool and ended up very hot. Um, and I think George kind of maintained uh, his composure for the most part the entire uh, the entire fight. And I'm excited for this fight, man. I'm excited for this fight. I am, uh, and I, and I have a hey, listen. I've I've talked to George. I'm I'm rooting for George in this fight um, because you know I've talked to the guy multiple times and and you know kind of before anybody even knew who he was before this fight tfm it's nothing against him uh and and he was really awesome on our show and you know he may be one of the bright young stars in boxing that we may be seeing before our very eyes and by the way i gotta give a shout out quickly um xander zayas my guy uh 18 years old nine and oh now after his win on espn yesterday on the shakur stevenson card and by the way i think xander really stole the show because uh, shakur stevenson that fight stunk and uh, even though he got a shutout, it just, you know, even Tim Bradley was like, this, this is putting me to sleep. I got to be honest with you. He was saying it right to Shakur Stevenson's manager, a.k.a. Andre Ward. Uh, but at one point they were asking, they were saying like, well, man, if you could buy stock in anybody, who would it be? And, t- and, and, and Tim Bradley said, I would buy stock in Xander Zayas, which uh, is really cool. And they also spoke about what a good kid he is, you know, a really, really good kid, uh, which he, which he is, even though he gives me uh, crap about the heat. Because he's a he's a, he's a Rat Fink Lakers fan, and he won't accept his Astros championship from last year. He wants to uh, claim it as legit, even though Goran Dragic got hurt, Bam got hurt, but whatever. It's another story for another day. The point is, this kid is uh, one of our own down here in South Florida, and he has a very very bright future. I don't know how the hell he makes welterweight. I don't know how that happens with his size that he's at, um, because he's ginormous. But he is. Uh, just got like he's got it all man he's got the skill set he's been a tremendous amateur down here and you know his friends with Tiafimo it's an awkward fight for him because he's friends with Tiafimo Lopez 
and he's training partners with George Cambosis. So I'm sure it's been weird for him too. But um, I just want to give Xander a shout out. And this fight upcoming, man, I uh, I can't wait for it. I'm looking forward to it. I do think that George, I think George is a much better chance than people are giving him credit for it just because they don't know him. But I do think that he has to uh, he has to let it go, man. Like he has to he has to do almost what Tiafimo did to. Lomachenko where it is like you have to make that impression from jump like you got to give Tiafimo something to respect and I think a lot of that comes from that quick jab that he's got he's got it he's got to utilize that speed um I don't picture him being the bigger guy in this fight it's going to be interesting seeing what that uh that 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 true measure up is on the way in week but uh you know but but you know Tiafimo He's not long for this division. This is kind of George's division. You know, George is, uh, is, is looking like a lean, mean, quick machine, but he's got to be, he's got to be for, he, he really has to live up and he has to be, uh, to his nickname ferocious with that, with that lead jab, which absolutely cracks. And, uh, and I, and I think he, he's got to, he's got to be able to keep that pace going for the entire fight. You know, and I think sometimes it's been a, in a case where he's, uh, He's been trying to make things be a little bit too perfect. Don't do that. You know, Tiafimo didn't do that against Lomachenko. You know, he didn't try and worry about perfection there. I think he it was it was a lot about workload and pace. And I do think that we saw a guy that that was slowing up at times in that fight, but then came back late and won some some key rounds. So you know that he can dig deep uh, as well. It's going to be a big test for George because it's going to be a big stage. It's going to be a lot of waiting. It's going to be a lot of posturing. I'm sure it's going to be a giant ring walk, all that type of stuff. And so it's going to be a question of can he give him something to respect early and uh, and can he keep that 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 pace maintained throughout the fight? And if he can do that, you know, maybe he can su- 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 surprise some people with this one, which will uh, which will be a, a fun fight. I can't wait to go watch it next week at, uh, at Lone Depot Park. But check out that interview. If you guys missed it, it was uh, it was a really, really good one. Really, really good one. He had a couple of good ones this week. That one, the Dana White one. Um, enjoyed it. Dana White claims he's coming to Miami soon. I don't know if he was just saying that to be nice to me, but he says uh, I, I wouldn't even ask him about it because I feel like everybody pesters him about that stuff. But he did say when I was in Jacksonville for that fight, he says, like, we're coming to Florida a lot. We're going to reward Florida. You know, he's boys with DeSantis. Um, so I'm wondering when the hell's my where's my South Florida card then? Bro, what are we going to do? Keep going to Tampa? How many times can you go to Mons Venus? Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's some sweet science for your ass right there. Now, let's get to our interview here. Mario Barrios, the uh, WBA regular junior welterweight champion of the world. He is going to be defending his belt coming up on June 26th. Showtime pay-per-view against Gervonta Tank Davis. Here's our conversation with Mario Barrios. All right, very excited to talk to our next guest. He is a monster, monster fight coming up on June 26th in Atlanta, Georgia. As you guys can watch this on Showtime pay-per-view, he's taking on Gervonta Davis. It is the WBA super lightweight champ of the world, Mario Barrios. Thanks so much for the time, man. Really appreciate it. Oh, man, likewise. I've uh, So I've learned just before this interview, you're a Spurs fan? Like, that's that's uh, that's yeah. that's who you ride You're from San Antonio, so that makes sense. That's who you ride with? Yeah, yeah, I'm from San Antonio. I have to, man. Yeah, yeah, right here. Oh, there it is. There it is right there. Understood. All right. Well, <laughs> your hometown. So, I mean, you obviously get the pass for that. It's not like, uh, it's not like you're, you're, you're jumping on the bandwagon, but, uh, you know, listen, heat, <laughs> that's, 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 that, that is, that's almost a blood feud right there between those, uh, yeah, the, yeah. well, you, uh, this, Mario, you were, uh, how old were you when those finals were going on? That's, that's eight years ago. Like, uh, that's, so you're, but you're a teenager when this is going down the, the heat and spur. Yeah, yeah, I was, right, so I like was 18. Five, 
That's so that's like prime sports watching. Were you like how how much were you into those series? Oh man, super uh, man! After after those series, you know, I mean, I, everybody in San Antonio knows, you know, in in the finals, you know, anytime the Spurs are in there, every victory, you know, we go downtown, we you know yes. we go honking, we go all over, and uh, yeah, no, we we show mad love, you know, for for the Spurs, you know, win, lose, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm always repping. If, do you have any uh, do you have any bad feelings though about you guys you know turning on the uh, turning off the air conditioner and smoking out the heat in that series you know there was some chicanery going on there my friend <laughs> yeah no for sure man uh all right man you got a you got an absolute monster coming up uh later uh later this month uh, a monster fight with Javante Davis um just your, your you know your reaction how this how did this come to you like you you know you you hear Javante everybody kind of thinks oh he's gonna stick in the uh either at 130 or he's going to be in the 135 pool. Did it, did it blindside you at all that? Like, Hey, he's, uh, he's actually going to jump two weight classes and, and, and he wants to take, uh, he wants to take on the champ. Yeah, yeah, no, man, I was, uh, I was super surprised, you know, to hear his name get brought up, but you know, when, you know, when, it, when, it, when I did hear about it, you know, I, I know the name that Javante has, you know, in boxing and, you know, even outside of the boxing world, uh, you know, so this, you know, was a type of fight, you know, I know, you know, that can um, catapult my name, you know, in, in the sport. And, you know, even if you're not, you know, a boxing fan, you know, you're going to hear about Mario Barrios. So, you know, this is a, a huge opportunity for me. It's a huge step up, you know, for both of us in our careers. And, um, you know, overall, man, I'm just, you know, we're very excited. And and so when you when you find this out, like, is there – is there like, is it, is it, is it yes immediately? Or like you jumping out, are you foaming at the mouth to, to make it happen? Or is there, you know, is there any trepidation or this was like, yes, obviously big name. We know like what the reward is because you take out Javante Davis, as you said, a lot of eyeballs are going to be on it. Yeah, no, man. Like I said, uh, man, I was, uh, when, when his name was brought up, I was like, man, I was like, let's, let's make it happen. But the uh, first thing I said was, I mean, I was like, I'm, I'm not going down to 135 to fight him. And then um, my managers were like, no, like he wants to come up to fight you. And I was like, oh, was like even, you know, even better. So like um, you've been, I mean, listen, you're great at this division. You're undefeated. You, you, uh, and, and you definitely inflict punishment on a lot of guys. When you're taking on a guy who is coming up, when you've game planned for this, is there any wanting to maybe gimmick it more? Like people have talked about, Oh, is he going to come in a little extra heavy? Is he going to try and cut more so he balloons up? Or do you feel like you're going to use what's worked? Like you've had such a successful career already. Do you just say, hey, the, the, what, what's, what, what's brought us to the dance is what we're going to do? Or do you feel like, hey, we're taking on a guy who is naturally smaller. We do want to play that game a little bit more. No, yeah, you know, um, going to this fight, you know, we're sticking, you know, with, with what has always worked for me. You know, I just got to go in there on fight night, you know, continue to do what I do best, you know, at the weight that I have always, you know, well, the way that I have been fighting now, you know, for the last couple of years, you know, I'm very comfortable, you know, in this division. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's Gervonta who has to prove, you know, he can jump up, you know, and he can handle, you know, being in there with, you know, a full-blown uh, junior welterweight. And you, I mean, like this whole, uh, this whole scope from like, it feels like from like 130 to 147, like you guys are such like that whole grouping is just on fire. Like, do you, is there part of you that does keep an eye on like, Hey, I want to start, you know, leaping around after maybe you take out Gervonta Davis. Like, do you want to be in the, in the mix and, and try and go undisputed at 140? Do you have other, other weight class goals in mind? Like, what do you, what do you want to see after obviously you plan on getting the win? Like, what is the, the long-term uh, the goal for you? 
I mean, the long-term goal for me, you know, is to just you know, continue capturing titles in the division that I'm in. Um, again, not looking past Javante. You know, I have a huge task in front of me. But, you know, given every given we go out there on the 26th and handle our business, you know, man, I would love a shot, you know, at the unified champion, you know, Josh Taylor. You know, so I mean, do whatever I can, you know, to get, you know, to, to get closer to more belts and, um, you know, just continue, you know, to make, you know, the, my city of San Antonio proud. What is it? Uh, how excited are you to be in Atlanta? Uh, fans, people uh, being back in the building. Like, is this uh, are, you, are you excited for this going and uh, and getting the people? Because your last fight, were, were people back at your last fight? Yeah, yeah. I was on one of the, the first cards back with the live audience. But, um, you know, this one, I think, is full capacity. You know, so I'm, uh, I'm uh, looking forward, you know, to being back, you know, in the, in the full blown arena, you know, with uh, screaming fans. It's wild, man. Like uh, I was I was, you know, down here in Miami. So Friday was the. Uh, the Logan Paul uh, Floyd Mayweather card that was on. I was in the Jacksonville card with uh, at, with uh, the UFC coming back. Like these, I'm telling you, man, like the fans are, people are like excited to be back, like in going out and to seeing things. Like, are you, are you prepared for what that's going to be? Because I know you fought in front of big, big audiences before and you've been in big environments before, but I feel like, you know, with the, even like you see in the NBA fans are going crazy. People are running on the court throwing things like it feels like people forgot how to behave so are you excited to be <laughs> a rabid environment like that because you know even at fights i'm sure you've seen at every level of fights people would get a little tilted and crazy in the crowd and now you think about they've been pent up for you like are you are you excited to see what that looks like and, and to perform in front of that oh yeah man absolutely you know man uh, i'm excited you know to be you know like around all of that chaos again you know and to be you know, part of the reason, you know, why, you know, everybody is getting so hyped up, you know, in the audience. Did you, uh, did you watch this past weekend? Were you into the, uh, into the sideshow of seeing Floyd versus Logan? <laughs> uh, nah, I mean, uh, I wasn't going to go out of my way to watch it, but, uh, you know, I was, I was at the gym and I was like, man, I was like, if, you know, I was like, if that happened, you know, to come across somewhere that's showing it, I was like, I mean, I was like, I wouldn't mind, you know, pulling over, you know, trying to check it out, but I didn't end up getting a chance to watch it. Uh, but you know, from what, what I heard, I mean, um, the, the, the undercard was apparently very good, you know, because yes. there was actually, there was actually, you know, some, some real boxing fights and, you know, other exhibition, but, um, no, nah, I, I didn't get a chance to, to check it out. That's all right, man. Yeah, listen, you didn't miss much. You got like, it was like three rounds of like Floyd actually like trying to go for it. And then, I mean, it was a hug fest, like the last, uh, the last <laughs> rounds. But it's an interesting thing, like, man. Do you think that out of any of this YouTube stuff, like, do you think that there is a, I guess, an element of people kind of sh seeing what the different levels of boxing are? Like, is it? Do you do you think that it, it, in a way it, it can show people, hey, like, you realize guys like you, guys like Gervonta, how much you've put into this, and how just damn good you are at it, as opposed to, I kind of just pick it up as a thing that I like to do to to go you know showcase in front of my previous fans like I, is there a level of you that thinks that the spotlight that the sport will get from this will show just how good the pure champion boxers are yeah no definitely you know there's a uh, there's pros and cons you know to you know that this whole like new wave of uh of boxing entertainment i guess you could say but um you know definitely you know it does show man that you know, there's there is levels to this. You know, there's there's reasons why, um, you know, it takes fighters, you know, like myself, so long, you know, to get to to the very top. You know, to get, um, you know, just to make everything happen. You know, and you know, to be to have skill while doing it. 
yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it, you know, and there's so many, there's so many guys that's like, they're looking for their big break. I mean, I know many guys down here in Miami that they're just looking for that, that first opportunity to be on television because of, you know, just whatever the right opportunity hasn't come around. So these, the, you know, those are opportunities of being in, and having the spotlight are, are just so huge to you guys because a lot of people just have the talent um, and they just haven't been exposed in the right way. It's uh, so I, I guess there's a positivity from that thing. It's just kind of knowing people realizing, I guess, who's actually good at this and who is just kind of doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely, man. You know, like, like I said, I mean, it shows, man, all the work that we put in, uh, all the sacrifices that we make. Uh, I mean, there's, you know, it didn't happen overnight. There is, uh, I mean, there's a lot of hype that comes, obviously, with uh, with fighting a Javante Davis because, you know, he is a bigger name in the sport, like you mentioned beforehand. Uh, do you expect any um, gamesmanship, jitters, any of that type of stuff, just because, you know, the Floyd Mayweather circus will also come with it because he's going to be there promoting it, I imagine, like, are, are you excited for all of that stuff and everything that's going to come with that and more shine on you? Or is it like, are, are you having to mentally prepare any differently because of all the extra stuff? Uh, no, nah, no. Nah. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm prepared for it. You know, um, all exposure is good exposure. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward, you know, to, you know, to just continuing, you know, getting my name out there and, uh, you know, just, you know, showing everybody, you know, the, the type of fighter that I am. Well, looking forward to the show, man. Everybody go buy this fight. It's going to be a hell of a, a hell of, I mean, it really is a hell of a car between Mario defending his belt against Javante Davis. Locally, uh, Erickson Lubin, who's training in Delray Beach. If you guys want to localize, take it on Jason Rosario. So you guys can uh, watch that as well. It's also on the card. Really, really, uh, I mean, thank you for giving us some time, man. Looking forward to uh, to the showcase. You know, stay healthy throughout the uh, the rest of these uh, these few weeks. And we're looking forward to the show, man. Thank you for giving us some time. Oh, yeah, man. Likewise. Appreciate you, Brendan. And we appreciate Mara for joining the show. Hey, be on the lookout this week, guys. We're going to be doing a, a lot of uh, interviews from Media Week for Cambosis versus Lopez. Um, they got a lot of media opportunities, so hopefully we'll bring you a lot of content. Be looking for it on the TicketMiami.com or on the YouTube page. You guys can go find the links in my social media and uh, at Brendan underscore Tobit on Twitter and Instagram. And thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.